Dude, I am tired, which is an exciting way to start a podcast. Do you know? Okay. Everyone loves airline stories, right? Everyone loves airline stories. You yeah. love airline stories, right? What is it with the airplane food? Oh, how come I would, I can't smoke on the plane? I'm I'm a grandpa. I I I didn't get home. <laughs> I didn't get home until three in the morning yesterday or this morning. Well, that's yeah, that's actually. When did, when did your journey start? So you were in Houston for oh, the man. NALCS. What? Uh, the, the, the season the, finals it's ah you're really close it's the mid-season showdown and for everybody who doesn't oh. want to hear anything about league of legends i'll make this very very short very short no it's dota podcast it's the lcs mss spring 2022 playoffs which is an event they put on for two days in houston at the football stadium that was um get this one best of five per day one on saturday the losers bracket final one on sunday the winners bracket final they did an entire event with like 15 20,000 people for what ended up being a grand total of i hope you can hear the tremble six fucking games of league of legends it, wait it was three oh both games yep oh my god that's awful <laughs> well what a terrible terrible oh jesus what a terrible event i was gonna say what a terrible game what a terrible esport but uh, you know I don't. I'm, I'm. I'm not actually trying to throw those shots. I, I. I don't think it's a terrible esport. I think that it might be like a terrible or suboptimal game. Uh, I think that the broadcast. No, I, is I like, actually. Whoa! Okay. It's the opposite. I think it's a good game. I think it's a bad esport. We can hash that out later. <laughs> there are so many metas that have just been bad for for League of Legends. That that game is. Hey, that game can be mega snooze fest and has been multiple years multiple metas it's it, it's a good game because a lot of people play it right and that's how you yes. derive value from something regardless of the game state it's the number of dollars coming into pockets because capitalism uh -huh. wins again uh six six games for anybody who followed they know that uh, uh team liquid the first place seed uh lost the losers bracket finals oh three um that was fun i was in the back room where you get to like watch the game with the coaches uh and like listen to the comms the whole time which i can't talk about but oh oh boy that was that was an experience i've never had that experience before a tournament normally i'm so, like in the booth so or with you the went fans. there yeah i i, I went you there, went with there the team for the event to work you I were was there working. for the team and your team gets bounced out immediately three games and the grand finals goes 3-0 that had to have been the least climactic fucking event you like could you have even imagined that it could have gone any worse than that there's silver linings um i kind of had a free sunday because you know we weren't playing um okay. i the winner of of lcs and or in of league in the spring has to go to msi which is where all the first place teams from across all the regions get together to play a tournament uh don't have to go to uh -huh. korea now that's a win but in terms of actually like being at the event Yes, the first set of games very quick. Actually, they were they were long for league games, but like and three zero, and then the second day three zero. Evil Genius is one. It's a really good story. I think that it's really good for League of Legends and and the ecosystem and happy and like all that stuff. I'm really happy Hunter Thieves lost. Um, 
So all right, you're talking too much about League of Legends. So is speeding this up, I don't oh. give a shit what was good for fucking League of Legends, Joey. Jesus Christ. Uh speeding this along though, Monday, your flight out. Dude. And there was a storm in Houston. Dude, there's a storm in Houston. Uh, why do people do it's too humid in Texas. I, I it's too humid in Texas. Um yes. and the one time it wasn't humid was because there was a giant monsoon thunderstorm going on, which delayed everybody's return flight that stacked up through the day. And I strategically wanted to fly out late in the day, ten o'clock at night, so I could, you know, like hang out with friends, enjoy Monday, kind of a day off. Um my ten o'clock flight got pushed because the plane was given to people who are going to Rio, and then it got pushed because my second plane was given to people who are going to Austin because apparently that was a priority and uh, I, I didn't leave or get a crew until about 1.30 in the morning and then I didn't get there until about 3.30 ish in the morning and then I had to walk about 30 minutes to get to the car because I parked at LAX which was a giant mistake and the terminal I arrived at was the complete opposite direction of the terminal I left from so I walked like 15-20 minutes at LAX I didn't get home until like after 4 in the morning to go to bed and then I had to wake up at seven. I'm cranky. I also had a uh, I also had a delayed flight on my ba- way back from Sweden. My 14 hour flight travel time or whatever got delayed like an extra two or three hours because KLM workers were striking at the Amsterdam airport. Mm. So like, does that mean that like scabs were working your flight? Like, who did they get to? No, I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's important for the airline to keep going, right? So I think they do this thing where they're like, we're going to strike for half a day sort of thing. Mm. And that's what I assume it is, that because just... I don't think you just strike and then like shut down the air. Like that's incredibly disruptive and you probably aren't going to be winning any general population fans by doing something like that. Maybe, but that feels like an ineffective strike then because they're still doing all the work. <laughs> I mean, it, it well, it definitely fucked things up. It fucked things up real good. Uh, well, I'm glad that you're back in America because we can record a podcast at, uh, at hours that are we're both awake, except for, I guess, right now. Um, the I, I, I do want to touch on one thing that is not league related, but was from my time in Houston. Um, at at the event. So do you know, uh, like at TI, they have the, the suites in the arena, like the box suites, which every like team and valve and other people do. And generally, so TI has like what, 16 teams. And uh, that means that, you know, some of the teams are naturally next to each other when, when they're playing and you can kind of like hoot and holler Mm -hmm. and like hear your neighbors cheer. There were three teams at this event and three box suites and they were all immediately next to each other and it was mm-hmm. incredibly awkward because there was a little bit of animosity between well a hundred thieves and everybody else <laughs> ah okay and and that level of uncomfortable meta really really added to to my experience uh at at the event and i think that if i was a tournament organizer what i what i learned from first hand experience is that you shouldn't you shouldn't put all those people within arms distance of each other <laughs> why they get into fights because unless you're getting into fights i feel like anything else is is good content but, I, they, but it's not being used for content all it did was make like in poor like like employees feel uncomfortable with each other right yeah 
Like it, it, it wasn't broadcast. It, it was just like a like a state of unease and like not knowing what to do, like in a social situation, right? Okay, I wasn't there, but I feel like you're overthinking this. <laughs> okay, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm right. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it was maybe generally right. uncomfortable. <laughs> maybe we all drank too much because no one was playing on Sunday. <laughs> um, I'm happy to be back, though. I can imagine. Dallas, uh, Dallas yeah. over Houston. That that's that's the text opinion that I have formed now. I have to see where Austin and San Antonio fall into the mix, but so far Dallas San Antonio is over Houston. both of those. R- okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what do you want to talk about first? Because we got so much shit to talk about. Dude, I... We got... <laughs> All right, so I'll start off with um, how Sweden was. Sweden was good. Sweden was fine. It was work. Uh, worth the tiebreakers. Uh, we had some teams go through. TSM and EG out of NA ended up going through. Quincy Crew did not. Um, Which prompted roster changes. That, yeah. 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 Pro- pro- prompted some roster changes, which um, I've, I immediately have two names that came out to, to my mind when they said they were going to. Uh, so I have no idea about this, but I just assume MSS is going to be coming back to Quincy Crew. I mean, it's the third season. I don't know if there's any other spots really available for Mojo. And then uh, there are two five positions out there, Fada and Fly. And I know Fly lives in North America, so I just assume Fly is going to be the uh, the other one. So that is my bet. That is my prediction for uh, for the people joining Quincy Crew. I have no inside information in that. It seems... Just... Um, I-, I thought he was like kind of had a cush thing going on with TSM, though. I guess playing is always more advantageous than being a dad. Uh, Fly? No, yeah. no, no, no. Fly, Fly did the did the regionals for them, and they wanted him to keep coaching, but he declined it because he wanted to keep playing. And once you get like locked, it the longer you're in, longer you're out of the game. It, actually, I talked to SVG about this. He basically said that like you, your opportunities dry up so fast once you're out of the game. And the only people, the only way you can like maintain relevance without being in a pro team is is being on like a leaderboard. So like Soxa kept his stock very high because, you know, he was like, okay, I was a grand finalist at DI. And oh, by the way, I have like three fucking accounts in the top 10. <laughs> you know, it's like he kept his name, you know, in the bid for a top tier team. Mm-hmm. by doing that but somebody like fly isn't going to be able to do that right he's he's not he's not uh one of those like individually talented also he's playing five positions so you know you're just not going to be high mmr so yeah so, so that's my guess so can, can you can you fill me in on this and potentially fill in somebody else who didn't quite follow the situation there yeah. were tiebreakers, but then there weren't tiebreakers, but then there were tiebreakers again for just the ones that determined spots <sighs> of the major. But yeah, Liquipedia right. was mad. But so, like, 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 what, what, what's the TLDR for someone who was like only very loosely paying attention because it was kind of a clusterfuck to try and follow. Here's what I gather 
See, a lot of a lot of the these things people put on the tournament organizer or they put on Valve. Like pe- people always do this that they're always just like, "Oh, fucking ESL and shit." Or they're like, "Oh, fucking Valve." But the, and and the individuals will be like all in on like one party to blame. The whole of the community will have a diverse opinion. So like ultimately both people like the community is blaming both Valve and ESL. But that's the thing. It is, I think both of their faults. I don't really have like the super inside scoop here, but from what I have gathered, this is basically how it went down. The majors, the major format changed. I don't know if that's ESL's decision, but I assume it's Valve, right? I I don't think you get to just decide whatever format you want for the major. That feels I'm correct. Pretty sure Valve. Yeah. That feels so correct. So I'm pretty sure Valve has a hand in that. If 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 actually like the whole hand i i would guess that valve <laughs> it's their hands who said yeah Firmly, it's their fucking major yeah it's, yeah. it's up psl's butt they're they're puppeting <laughs> yeah they're working on like a hand puppet and um and so that happened but uh from what i gather nobody was like wait a minute what does that mean for the tiebreaker rules because i asked an admin for that reason like two weeks before the finals ended and was like hey what's the tiebreaker rules and they gave me the tiebreaking rules and i was like okay yeah but this doesn't make any sense with the new major format like you can very easily just say like oh okay well like because the old format was basically there were tiebreakers for um for whether for like first play it, it was for each one of the major spots so let's say there was one team going in directly into playoffs right so you have a tiebreaker for that if necessary um two teams going to wild card if those two teams are tied you don't do a tiebreaker for that for example for mm-hmm. western europe um so you do a tiebreaker wherever it actually matters and um obviously when everybody goes straight to groups then that no longer matters so are you doing tiebreakers for those individual spots for the points and because that's really all it is it's seeding which is whatever um but the big thing i think is points mm-hmm. there are significant points up for grab um the difference let's between, say it between was a, second and third is kind of a lot right like it's yeah yeah i uh, let's just imagine there was a tiebreaker the three-way or four-way tiebreaker in western europe mm-hmm. for playoffs you know like that's a massive difference in points from fourth to first so are you still there yeah, just keep going. We're good. So, um, so yeah, it turns out like okay, there's a, there's a bit of problem with the rules set on tiebreakers. Uh, we should change that. And from what I understand is that ESL asked Valve, and Valve um, got back to them. I assume ESL asked late, and Valve also was late in responding. I'm gonna assume both parties were at fault. And um, and the word came down uh, that you should do a tiebreaker for each individual spot, which I think makes the most sense if you put in that rule set before the outcome is determined, right? If you put that in, even like the last, even like the last like two weeks, you put that in. Like nobody knows their spot yet. So change. I think you could change the rule set, but like once the the positions have already been determined, that like last half of a week you change the tiebreaker rule set. I think that makes no sense. Like obviously you're just screwing over some people, and it's they're gonna feel like it's totally random. So they change it last second. Um, everyone gets real mad, and uh, ESL 
uh, individually decides, okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> they are like, okay, like they got the, the feedback, like, oh, here's, here's how the, the tiebreaker rule should be. And then they announced that. And then they were like, wait, but no. <laughs> and then what? they back down on it. It's the weirdest fucking thing. Like, that's the thing is like when you have a big organization like ESL, like you, I'm sure there's one person who's like doing the contact with Valve, and there's another person who's like a head admin of esports, and though those people have obviously two different ideas. So, yeah, ESL was just like, you know what? No, we're not gonna do that. Which I, I think was terrible. I, they could have just put it been like, okay, but that's the rule set that Valve wants. And they could have just left it at that. They could have just done whatever Valve said. Or they could have said, no, that doesn't make any sense with the outcomes already determined. We're going to, you know, not have tiebreakers. You know, like that also would have been fine. Uh, but doing the, doing the, yes, there's tiebreakers. No, there isn't tiebreakers. It made no fucking sense. So, so, so it's the uh, flip-flopping and the inconsistency that's problematic here. Because... Yeah, I'm well, also, like... Like, I think the rule change to begin with was a problem, but then it's made worse by the flip-flopping. Yes. So what I don't understand, too, is that, like, th this primarily affected ESL, is my understanding, not just from, like, a TL perspective, but because China and Southeast Asia played tiebreakers for non- uh yes like because everybody else followed exactly everybody got mad at esl but like why are you doing this um but like all the other qualifiers also did the same thing it's just esl um that was a very public kerfuffle um and i think also western europe was like determined faster than the other regions and um, so yeah that um but yes all the other regions had individual tiebreakers for each spot i believe yeah, because so. th those DPC points matter. <laughs> yeah, they like, do matter. I, I'm, I'm sure Game and Gladiators would have loved to have had the opportunity to play for an extra 150-ish points against OG. Yeah, they would have. But also at the same time, that's screwing over OG, who um, felt like they, they, they had already determined it. Like, people had already booked flights out and stuff because they were like, oh, yeah, we secured it. We've got... Like, we've got the head-to-head -head matchup. We're good, you know? That's also got to be annoying because then they have to, like, have more broadcast days. And it's more than it's more than just the teams, the talent, and people's schedules well, are they, changing. Well, they already plan for tiebreakers in that regard when it comes okay. to talent production. So, because it's inevitable. There's going to be ties. No matter, no matter what, it's one of the two regions is going to have ties. So is there so. anything that we can learn here from next season aside from don't change the format at the end? Is that really just the takeaway for next season? Probably faster and more reliable communication between the two parties. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, planning ahead. That's planning not ahead realistic. of any kind. I mean, like, I, I feel like yeah. I noticed the tiebreaker rules, like, possibly before anybody said anything between ESL and Valve. I was like, wait a minute, these tiebreaker rules don't make any sense. And that's why I, I headed it up an admin. The admin responded with a copy paste of the rules from the, the rule book. And I was just like, but wait, you just, the, the rules you just linked me don't make any sense. <laughs> Please. 
I mean, they, they don't make sense in like the lightest sense, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, technically now there isn't they're all go to group stage. So what does that actually mean? But not to beat a dead horse, but I think that it's very funny that the situation happened when so much of the narrative for like what week three, four, five was, oh, my God, are we going to have like a 17 way tiebreaker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. was talking yeah. about it nonstop. Yeah, I mean, it's it. The thing is, is that I know I there was no way there was going to be a seven way tiebreaker. Right. And but you like it's something interesting to talk about. And Mm -hmm. that's the that's the problem is that we end up talking about it so much because there's nothing fucking else going on in the DPC. The DPC is like storyline wise is so fucking slow. It's so fucking slow. The first fucking two weeks of matches don't mean anything, basically. It's just like, who the fuck knows what this means? This victory over this team could be good. I don't know. Let's see in four weeks' time. We're going to look back. A mo- you know, a month from now, we're going to look back on this moment right here and say that's when that team didn't qualify for the major. You know, it's like, ugh. Fucking terrible. It's not, it's not, it's, it's terrible for storylines. I'm not saying the DPC is terrible because I think there, there are good things about the DPC. I'm just saying storyline wise, it, it's like real rough. You get on these panels and you talk about the, the, what could happen for these matches. And it's, that's why tiebreaker thing becomes like a storyline. Mm-hmm. Cause you need something to talk about. You need something to broadcast and talk about what yeah, and that tiebreaker possibility lasts for like two fucking weeks <laughs> because there's no progression. I'm interested to see how the Eastern uh, European tournament that they're ultimately holding for spots, of the major unfolds because it almost feels like people are talking about, Hey, like we want games to matter. We want DPC circuits to be shorter. We want to be able to like, you know, have these narratives that, that, mm-hmm. that we enjoy. I wonder if this is going to be too quick because what they've done now is that, is that, I mean, out of necessity, they've condensed all eight teams into a double elimination bracket for these for three slots to go to the major. And they're playing that I... over the course of a week, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually less than a week technically. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, that contrasts, I feel like it's going to be a lot better from a broadcast perspective, from a viewing perspective, from a player perspective. Um, I think all of those things are, it's probably better, but mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait and see. It's been a little bit since we had a, Ta- a, a premier online tournament in like that kind of space and time like even during the covid times esl and omega league did um did like giant group stage stuff so yeah 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 we'll we'll just wait and see but that was the controversy that happened and during the dpc because every season needs some controversy of some kind Again, because there's nothing else to talk about. I know last time we were here, we were talking about what's going to happen at the Stockholm Major uh, in terms of like who's going to be able to go. And I think that we have a solution now potentially for for teams qualifying from China yeah. and from Eastern uh-huh. Europe, but still potentially not being there to play. Has there been any news on how that is uh, unfolding? 
Not that I know of. I still assume that the Chinese teams will not be going. And I assume that one, uh, that at least some players aren't going to be going, even if a team can go. I, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of stand-ins, basically. Especially out of the teams coming out of Eastern Europe. Potentially like OG, for an example. They have Russian players. So they, they have a coach and a Russian player. So it's like, I, I just assume that, yeah, sure, that maybe all the teams outside of China will go. But I, it's probably those teams will not be whole. So Riot is, for their international tournament, is just letting the Chinese team be fully remote when everybody else is at the venue. Is that not an option here? I don't know. I think that sounds... I mean, what, what what's the... What's the difference there, region-wise? Like, they're going from China, playing from China to where? Korea. Oh. Then that's probably reasonable. I think um, playing China to Stockholm is not possible. (laughs) But, That's true. I mean, I guess maybe some of the Eastern European teams can do that. Like, EU, EU West, like, not the worst thing in the world, but you're right. I, I guess you're not playing Dota on 100 ping, but if the if the option is play Dota on 150 ping or don't play Dota, do you just t- take the L with the with the ping? I think with the Chinese teams, I think they say don't take the L because they have have a structure that allows them to be able to because uh, there's also more teams coming out of China, but also mm-hmm. like their infrastructure allows them to be able to bargain as a whole, right? They can all go to Valve and say, we're not fucking doing the major, figure something else out. And uh, and I think Valve would. I think Valve would actually um, give them something else. Um, don't know what that would look like. Some sort of regional tournament, some sort of uh, Chinese qualifier for TI. Because obviously if it's a problem for this major, it's probably a problem for the next major as well. So You can assume... Yeah. Yeah, unless the Chinese teams are going to go to the third major and then just stay outside of China until TI rolls around. But I also don't know how hard it is to get out of China right now. Like Shanghai being... You can't get out of Shanghai. You 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 literally putting gates uh, on people's like apartments and stuff to prevent them from leaving. Yeah. Uh, it's still very interesting, and there's still a lot of questions. Do you know what uh, if, if the old VP squad is staying together uh, for their upcoming tournament? Or is so that... Virtus Pro and um, what's the other team? Hellraiser blacklisted. Uh, was it Hellraiser? No, it's Gambit. Gambit. Yes. Gambit. Yes. They're the other team. Uh, so both of them are going to be playing under different. Uh, names. Virtus Pro is playing under the name Outsiders, which if you follow the CSGO scene, uh, you'll know that there's also that Virtus Pro is also playing under the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Gambit team is playing under the name BB team. Um, and it seems like Virtus Pro is just taking the Outsiders thing, whatever this is, 
and they're just bringing it into their organization. Like the, the you 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 watch and like Virtus Pro is still like that account is still like you know pushing outsider stuff alongside Virtus Pro imagery. So it doesn't really seem like there is much of a change there. I've heard there's that um that they're going to be able to play um and there's some sort of restructuring going on in that regard to to cut off oligarch ties. Um, I mean, cynical me says that I think that's just probably some you know you take it in one hand and put it in the other. Ah, now it's it's something entirely new, guys. We're no no ties whatsoever, baby. Olig- what is an oligarch? I don't even know what that means. I'm trying to I'm trying to have a counter perspective here. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of my argument to be like, no, surely they're not just like shell companying themselves and really just the same infrastructure and the same people and the same money, right? Maybe there's employees at Virtus Pro who have the right things at heart and want to keep these players together and support them and potentially see a business opportunity in spinning off the team. Maybe maybe at the base level, some of their employees are uh, doing this for the right reason. But I think you're right that on the surface, it looks a little (laughs) bit like a shell game. Like, it's VP? Oh, no, it's Outsiders. It's VP? Uh, Oh, no, it's Outsiders. I... I have no opinion on this, to be honest. Like, you know, you you did what you could. Like, ultimately, is this going to affect that oligarch all that much? Even if he did have to cut ties entirely with the organization, like, is that going to affect him? Probably not that much. So, I, I you know, uh, I'm fine with this. I guess that's my that's my lazy fucking response to this it's like well we tried because like ultimately the 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 harder you crack down on this the more the players themselves get punished and there's an argument for both sides of that so i think both sides agree that the players are blameless in that regard but yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't think any whatever. player in particular is out here tweeting pull, pro Putin bullshit. Like, and maybe if that's the case, you can kind of target individuals. But to be like, hey, you know, you're all bad, doesn't really yeah. sit a hundred percent with me. So, it's a complex subject. Let's talk geopolitics more. Or hear me out. We cannot do that. <laughs> or we can do that. <laughs> oh shit! But funneled through esports some more. Oh. Because uh, there was ESL? a uh, little, no, a little bit, no, not that. Not, we're not talking Saudi Arabia just yet. The uh, Talking about the, there's a little bit of controversy. So the the uh, talent lineup for the major in CSGO was announced. And um, if you follow CSGO at all, um, the previous major you'll know was filled with old school talent all of like the 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 guys who you would see in the last like five to Mm -hmm. eight to ten years um it was just chock full right then this major is now full of a bunch of new talent and there's a bunch of the old names that are missing i think most notably there is sadikist and moses missing who is a pretty premier duo there's anders who's like the the fucking play-by-play 
uh, caster of um, of CSGO. Um, he's also missing from the list. And uh, Semler is also missing. I wouldn't put him his name up there in, in the same light as the other two since his he obviously went and did Overwatch for a while. Mm -hmm. But um, he tweeted out, that uh, he turned down, or let me quote it. I turned down a spot at the major when I learned of the idiotic and immoral restrictions that they have in place. I'll work with PGL and Valve again when they regain their sanity. And um, immediately people thought this was about COVID, but Anders and, and Semler, I think, both said, like, no, this is not about COVID because uh, PGL is requiring people to be vaccinated in order to go. Mm -hmm. So um, that is not actually the problem. I assume it has something to do with Russia. I assume it has something to do with the Russian teams and stuff like that. So very interested to see where that ends up going um, as that is the really only thing that comes to mind when it comes to uh, somebody having some sort of political or moral uh, high ground that does not allow them to work the event. I'm trying so. to think from like a from. Okay, so you're in a position where you are looking to make that tweet and publicly call it your employer and take a stand, but you're yeah. not identifying what the thing that you're having a grievance with is about. Yes, that. What does it accomplish? Because now you're just having the audience in mass, like, not really able to be upset at the people you're upset with, in this case, PGL, and instead just be confused, uh -huh. right? Like, no one can rally yeah. around, like, it's not COVID, but, like, no one can rally around COVID. No one can rally around Russia. No one can rally around low pay or, you know, what or what have you, right? Like, it, it, it's like half of a subtweet because you don't really know what they're saying and that feels odd to me because if no one knows what they're upset about, how's anybody going to know what to fix? Yeah. feel like this is a tweet he could have saved for a month down the line when whatever he's talking about is public. And then he can say, you know, I, I declined the major for this reason. Or if he wants it just generally known that he was invited to the major and he declined it, um, you Be know, less he aggro? just as easily, like... yeah, he just as easily could have said, you know, I was invited to the major, but I did decline it on personal reasons. I'll talk about it at a later date. You know, that well, also could have been, could have been the tweet, but that feels yeah. like the best. That feels like the best one so far that we've come up with. That 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 feels like the you know. A, a little a little bit of sugar, a little bit of honey. Yeah. In in general though, I feel like in talent it's advantageous for you. Like there's no reason to really put out that you like you want the community to be like, where's this guy? Where's this guy? Like you want that little bit of a pushback, um, because it, it shows tournament organizers that you are valued, right? Um and I think the only like the only reason you, you shut that down is whether maybe because you don't want to use it. Like I, for example, like that, that happened with the Stockholm major. Right. And I was like, I would pretty quickly shut that down because like one, I didn't want necessarily people to, to flame ESL. And I felt kind of awkward using that power when, and like just sitting by knowing that I was potentially going to be working the Stockholm mm -hmm. major. Um, and like people getting upset 
the it's a choice like like you like it's a political choice of how 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 to wield the soft power you have yeah yeah so i mean i just it's also like even the political power side it just just kind of feels gross in some ways (laughs) absolutely so so So, yeah is there questions marks do do you even have like a like speculation for what for what semler's upset about I assume it has something to do with the Russian teams or certain Russian players not being allowed to play um, because I, that that side of the CSGO talent has been pretty vocal about not banning players or teams or anything like that. So I assume it has something to do with that because uh, otherwise, like, how would you u- like using such like strong language like that idiotic and immoral restrictions? The, the, that's pretty intense language right there. Uh, that, that is really putting some heat on the tournament organizers. I will say, though, no matter what his reasoning for it, I do always respect um, somebody who is willing to decline work like that for their own principles. Even if I disagree with their principles, I will admire anybody who's willing to take that um, leap. Because I think people from the outside will always look at it and be like, oh yeah, but you got a, like, a lot of karma points. There was a Reddit thread about <laughs> you that does you good thing. Yeah, but none of that means shit. Like once, you, once you're actually you like- pay in, Yeah, once you're in the game long enough, it's like a community fucking, they'll, they'll pat you on the back one moment and then stab you in the back the next you know like it comes and goes real quickly so that that sort of karma buildup, like it does very little i think um so i i think overall um the the money and the opportunity of being able to work a premiere event and secure yourself as like top tier talent and stuff is like worth so much more than whatever like clappy points you get out of the community yay clap 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 <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm gonna steal get. clappy points that's that's, yeah. that's a good i i like that i like that a lot i, I was thinking of those fucking reddit awards that people give out <laughs> oh <laughs> well you have the little, helpful, the little award. helpful hand you got, you got clap, a generous yay. award of like whatever giving billionaires more money um yeah it's fine. It's not fine. Speaking of know. billionaires, want to talk about Twitter? <sighs> yes, but also no, but yes. I wonder, uh, you know, I, I I think that we generally avoid things, you know, aside from uh, literal war that's like super zeitgeisty in that regard on, on the show, because like sometimes it feels like it's hard to make fun, but Twitter to me is is one that I feel like almost slots into esports so well because yeah it is so much a primary platform of of news communication entertainment and and it's just really kind of important in the industry not just from a fan perspective but also from like a work perspective Twitter Twitter and esports are very ingrained inside of each other so talking about Elon and Twitter almost almost makes sense when you're talking about esports, even if you don't want to touch on like you know the outside news too much. Uh, I'm sure people will want to like tune out, but like, man, I got I got, I got a lot of opinions uh, that that I should yeah. probably you, like you try mad? and truncate. You, you upset? You sad, bro? 
You you don't like the Musk man buying the Twitter? So here's here's the th- like I mean, I am not as anti Elon Musk as other people are. Uh-huh. I think. I think being a billionaire. I mean, you did buy a Tesla, so yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the show. <laughs> That's fine. You're really doxing me right now. Oh, well, my I, bad. My bad. <laughs> so, like, like obviously, yes. Like, I, I, I'm not morally opposed to not owning one of his products because of of who he is. But general, and like, I use Amazon. I have a Windows PC. Like, you know, I I use billionaires' products like most of us do, even though I think that generally it's immoral and we should tax them more. And blah 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 blah. I have a problem with Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter and I'm really struggling with it because I think that my core problem with this is something that a younger me would be so upset that I'm about to like say or explain because when I was more of a youth Joey, maybe more of like a Counter-Strike Joey, if you like, you know, tie those two things together, uh, a a, a past me was was much more libertarian of like, you know. Mm Uh, hey, people should be able to do what they want. Uh, we should probably have, you know, less regulation and control over everything ever. You know, just that's kind of a core nugget there. And one of the things that really gets me all heated up about Elon and Twitter is that, like, I'm worried about the idea that is being spread that Twitter needs to be um, a full public square with, you know, basically zero or close to zero uh, censorship or getting rid of people. Uh mm-hmm. And where a younger me would be like, yeah, of course people should say whatever they want, even if it's hate speech. Uh, a current me goes, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> that's a really, really bad idea to give these people that we have kind of deplatformed because they're bad uh, a platform again. And that that's what I'm worried about on Twitter, which, you know, touches esports a little bit, but touches politics much more and touches our general community even more than that. And I just don't know what's going to happen. And that's what's scary because I think Elon's views of free speech is antiquated in old internet and not modern internet. Mm. Okay. You, you want to hear my take on this? Do you have like a really soft, boring one? Like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I knew it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I just feel like, like, am I insane? Like, why is everybody getting so fucking worked up about this before anything has happened? You know, like, like, wait to see what happens with the platform first before everybody starts freaking the fuck out. I did read a, a funny tweet. I, I hope it was a satire account um, that was talking about um, people, I think, immediately think of like Trump getting unbanned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, I, I saw something about like free speech and this guy was like, I think it was a satire account advocating for all the ISIS accounts <laughs> that, that got banned off the platform. You know, like free the ISIS accounts. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but I'm like, honestly, I'm, I, I just, I just feel like people are really freaking the fuck out. And I like, Does, ultimately that I, I feel like, um, if the platform is ruined enough, then you just, there'll be another one. There, there, there will be something else like just, the, just through our timeline, we've gone through, uh, MySpace, Facebook into now Twitter, you know? Mm-hmm. That's uh, we we 
there is going to be something else that comes along if if this gets uh, fucked up enough that are enough people are unhappy with it. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I I I agree with you a lot there, and I think that you know my my little speech and my worries come from just that. They're worries. It's 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 a thing that I like that I've spent a lot of time on that I don't really want to see take a path that is like ickier. Uh, and maybe that's silly. Maybe I should be like, oh, hey, if Twitter gets ruined, I'll just not be on Twitter anymore. But, uh, but I, but I like Twitter. I've been on Twitter for like 12 years. All my friends are on Twitter. I do it when I'm pooping and you know, maybe it's that change that I'm scared of. Uh, does the argument that someone with that much money spending it on something seemingly so like petty and stupid, uh, bother you at all? Not really. So it's a business investment. He, he bought a fucking, he bought a business. Uh, you know, if, uh, <laughs> like, I personally hope that it, it fucking tanks and uh, <laughs> Twitter's not worth anything in two years. I think that would just be, uh, just for my own personal humor, I think that would be really funny if he spent $45 billion to buy this website that is, uh, that is defunct in, in like three years' time. Uh, that, that would be hilarious to me. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't really care. Um, you know, this is this is an investment. I'm sure he's not doing it just for total shits and giggles. I'm sure he sees some value in owning this uh, this site. So, I would I hope so. I, I mean, I think I think there are so many fucking things in the internet and esports specifically that are so crazy uh, overvaluated that uh, you know I'm just waiting for some some course correction, some price correction on on all of these insane companies that are worth way too much apparently so you're just so you're you're officially in bear mode you're 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 selling you're buying all your puts you're uh everything's going down i mean the one that i mean are we talking general stocks no i'm just talking about like uh esports especially yeah yeah like 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 our bubble like yeah i think i think most people inside of esports agree that esports is in some sort of bubble question is whether or not like it's a like it's a bubble but it does have a future so does the future become realized before the bubble pops or does the bubble pop and then you know things kind of reset and then you know we eventually get to that future timeline where esports is actually getting uh monetized in some way that's the biggest problem right is that esports just isn't monetized very well people just watch for free <laughs> and at best you get some ad revenue from people but like you know that's what the, if, the current system what if elon bought esports oh my god he just bought all of esports <laughs> esports incorporated <laughs> he would have to buy esl uh, and then saudi arabia and then also buy most of the teams yeah, and then yeah. buy valve which is probably impossible um yeah, buying esports would be really expensive. Much more expensive than buying Twitter. <laughs> hey, I have a I have an interesting hypothetical for you. Yeah, okay. so uh Gamers Galaxy, right? A Gamers Galaxy tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh would you have ever worked that event? Out of curiosity. That's the one in Dubai, right? Yeah. Um the answer is probably yes, pending the amount of money because my morals are loose based on income. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so let's say hypothetically, 
uh, you are offered a job. Let's say it, you didn't even have to go, but it was just online, but you know it's very tightly tied with esports washing. Uh, how much? So you're saying the money is tied to your morals here, and I think mm-hmm. most people agree with that, right? Even if they won't admit it, there's a, I, I, there's a I'm price being tag for everybody. I'm, be, I'm yeah. being honest about it. Yeah, even if you're the most pure-hearted, generous, giving person in the world, ultimately there is a dollar amount that will do more good. You can do more good with that dollar amount than the the bad that you're going to do with uh, with doing this one thing. So, uh, so let's say you have a day rate like I do. Uh, what what would you do it for your regular day rate? Would you do it for 1.5 your day rate? two times your day rate five times your day rate what what is the where is the cutoff what is the number here it depends on how much leverage you have probably based on who else is working the thing um and and if you are like needed uh because Mm. probably the 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 less of a cohort that does something the more sacred the good cohort becomes their ergo they could charge more uh, I, I, I would probably start out around double and, and yeah. want a little bit more. I, I would probably start out at double and want a little bit more. Maybe if the situation calls for three X, because you think that that's like something that can be obtainable and then like negotiated down. Maybe I would do that. Have to feel it out. Um, okay. So, to, so we identified two X as your baseline, basically two X for yeah. doing an online event. Now, what if you had to go there in person? What what X is your so if two X is just doing it online, then actually going there in person, what percentage? What 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 X? <sighs> it would it would it would need to be more than that. Um... Yeah. So if, if, if I'm thinking, and maybe I'm taking this a little bit too seriously, but like I, I really want to get invested in this hypothetical, okay? No, I think it's fun. I think um, it's a fun hypothetical. I, I have a lot of friends in, in the LGBT plus community, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they would be really upset with me, and I would have mm-hmm. to... Uh, I, I think they'd be really buy upset with their, me. Buy their forgiveness back? <laughs> yeah. So I would need enough money. I would need enough money to not just, you know, make it worth my while, but also to buy a lot of drinks and dinners and, and flowers or something. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, or, yeah. or to donate or to do something positive with. Because... Uh, personally, though, those conversations would be hard for me that I that I would be throwing away some morals with with relationships personal relationships for financial gain i would i would still mm. do it but but like that is you know that that's why it would have to be more because i would have to come home and explain to people my actions and that would be hard because it is yeah. hard right um i i don't know what that is but but, but, but it's more than it's more than 2x it's more than 2x i i would probably before agreeing want to have a serious conversation with the employer about what precautions are being taken for any type of diversity um be it female or queer or racial um to try and hope that the person putting on the work 
would uh, have thought about this or tried to talk to the government to make sure mm-hmm. that, say, if people were coming in who are not normally welcome in that community are going to be safe. Because I would also feel really weird doing it if I knew that some of my coworkers were um, potentially at risk because of their own identity. So, uh, I think we we landed on a similar note here, and uh, my my thought process. Is, so to be clear, Gamers Galaxy, I didn't get paid anything extra for. That was just an event I was approached to. Yeah, sure, I'll go to Saudi Arabia. The, this this setup uh, that I'm talking about seems a little bit different to me, and I think it's pretty clear sports washing. Um, and what I settled on was two X and five X, and then I would take. A percent, twenty-five percent, maybe fifty percent, somewhere in there, uh, and I would donate that bit to charity. Because I honestly feel like, because because what I what I want out of this is to extract as much profit away <laughs> and put it into my bank account where I can do good things with it. You know, so 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 you uh, would be content being esports Robin Hood. Yeah, that, that is, I guess, one way to look at it. Yeah, I, I basically the way I thought about it was that I needed to get, I needed to get as much. If I was going to do this, I need to get as much out of them as possible, and uh, and then I can, you know, do with with the uh, the money as 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 I want and donate uh, some to charity. I would still keep a significant portion. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, donate twenty five, fifty percent of it to uh, to charity. You know, but that's that's what I settled on. Um, well, that's what you said. Okay, so this is like yeah. a very elaborate hypothetical, like a <laughs> like like an asking for a friend situation. Type I mean, I'm saying that, that 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 I was offered this situation, and that's what I counter responded with. Oh, so I was just I was curious what you would have done in that situation. So, but it seems um, like we we ended up in in very similar lines. Thing is, is I'm okay with talking about this because no one, I, I I really don't care. Anybody tries to shame me about it, I do not care. I'm, I feel uh, very set on uh, on the, the thought process I ended up on. There's a I, I I agree with your thought process. God, I'm so fucking agreeable this week. Oh, what's <laughs> this wrong with me? Um, yeah, all, all, all those numbers could be fudged a little bit, but yeah. We, we've left just a, a, a trail of breadcrumbs so thick it looks like we're walking on fucking baguettes right now, but, like, this uh, is a, is very interesting and not official at all at a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, somebody will put together the pieces, I'm sure, when whenever this thing gets announced. But, I'm... Uh, I don't think I'm going to be working it because they said that was too much. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Because like ultimately, I was just like, if they decline, like I really don't care. I don't care that much. You know? Uh, yeah. Somebody's I... going to do it. So I might as well get as much money out of them as possible. Yeah, I... I think it's very interesting. And I'm very interested to see what happens from a talent perspective, from a from a team perspective, from a from an everybody perspective. Yeah. 
because I think that a lot of people were told that this potential hypothetical wasn't going to happen, even though everybody assumed that it was. Uh, what? No, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What? What? I thought I. I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's uh, that's what's been going on in in my head lately. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know. I'm back home. I'm gonna get back to streaming. Uh, I gotta I gotta figure out what I'm doing for the next like two three months because presumably I'm going to the major. Presumably, uh, hypothetically, <laughs> I still I still can't talk about whatever the fuck you know that when, once all this gets announced, I will have some things to say about this subject. But uh, table it. What? Once things gets announced, and hopefully I'm doing Stockholm Major, but then like I come back, I'm not working a third season, so I gotta I gotta find if if I don't get any work, then I gotta find something else to do. I'm gonna have like two months on my hand of like literally no work. One and, of those one of those things yeah. should be uh, let's let's go to the gym together. <laughs> you could you could come to glendale and go to the gym with me what once a week I, I i will come out once a week i I will come out once a week for one of my sessions uh okay okay cool sure. great i yeah you want some work I'll, I'll i'll show you all my job postings if you're looking for you know like some contract stuff <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna go hard on the paint for like some voice acting stuff see if i can uh drum up a few jobs there but Ultimately, I'm 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 really in getting deeper into this position of like, I have to find other ways to make money because uh, this whole esports thing is not looking super viable in the the future. I'm gonna keep doing esports. I'm gonna keep casting Dota, but like I do need to find something else that supplements that. And streaming isn't really it. I just don't think I'm a good streamer. Mm-hmm. Don't think I'm necessarily a good content creator for YouTube stuff either. So I gotta find something else to do. Yeah, what's the escape hatch, or at least the the yeah. secondary income? Maybe yeah, it'll be yeah. house flipping or car salesman. Maybe you're really good at concrete work. Have you ever like tried concrete? My dad really wanted me to become a real estate agent with him. My dad did that whole like he he retired, became um, he started trading options, mm-hmm. did that for a while, then became a real estate agent recently. And he really wanted me to become one as well. I was like, nah, I've got this whole esports thing I'm doing right now, Dad. There's, I don't think you'd be horrible at that. Anything that involves charisma is a natural path for you. Yeah, but then I have to see people. (laughs) That's true. You don't like to leave your house very much. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that at all. What, what, the, what is this use of charisma if I don't like talking to people in the first place? You know, I just fake it. I just fake it the entire time whenever I'm talking to somebody. You know? Oh shit! I, I just he doesn't want to go to the gym. We're not actually friends. Oh fuck! <laughs> Except for very specific people, you're one of them, Joey. Don't worry. Um, God, he's so good at lying. Also, maybe a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at bullshitting. It's true. I'm very good at that. Before before we wrap out for real, where we're we're at about an hour, I want to make sure that we go give our friends over at Patreon to come to that side, pull some love, and and answer and answer a fan question to wrap out the episode like we normally do. Um, yeah, I've updated the pin 
in our Discord chat today. So so you can just okay. uh, whichever one's at the top, my friend. Uh, ah, okay. From Aaron Christensen, Ice Frog has come to you and asked you to create a brand new neutral item or redesign a current one. What is the item? What tier is it? And what does it do? Oh no, this is too much creativity on the spot. Oh, yeah. Um, fuck. Oh no. Yeah. Ah, uh, this is this is a little 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 production tip. This is why some things uh, you want to pre-pro and have your talent, which in this case would be us, uh, like have like an answer ready because because what's going on right now is is this thing called filling, where I'm I'm just saying words. Uh, so like maybe Cap can think about something, and then I'll try and think about something while he is explaining his, which is bad an because that means I'm not. Experience version of Philosopher's Stone. Boom. <laughs> It sounds broken as shit, actually. Uh, I don't know. There's so many things in Dota, uh, and I the see part of the reason is that like I, I struggle coming up with something is that Dota has so many things, and I feel like in some ways Dota needs less things. So, yeah, I don't like. I haven't actively thought about like what would be what would be a cool item or something like that because like I already feel like there's too much shit in Dota. You know, like yeah, the, the just to today I was playing a game and we went almost 60 minutes and we we're talking about uh, what item should we build and uh and somebody was like, "Oh, don't forget about the new upgraded Vladmirs, you know?" And I was just like, "Ah, Jesus Christ. It's just like one more fucking item that you have to like think about." Like what you know? Like I'm thinking, I'm sitting there, I'm like going, "Oh, what's best for my build?" I'm playing Spirit Breaker against Medusa, you know, like, and so I go in AC, uh, you know, because I think that'll help my team and help my Weaver do damage and it'll make me super tanky with 25 talent that I have, and and uh, you know, maybe I'll get a Shivas after that, or maybe I'll go Octarine or something like that. There's so many options late game of like what th good things you can do. Like I broke apart my my Sanj Kaya to get a late Heaven's Halberd and turn it into a Yasha Kaya since I was super tanky at that point in time and made a late Heaven's Halberd because that's super effective against Dusa. You know, like there's so many thought processes to go through and and there's so many uh, options. There's so many pathways you could chose. There's a different world where I could have gone Vlad's and I could have gone that upgraded Vlad's thing. And maybe it would have been really good. I have no fucking clue, honestly. I have no clue if it's good because nobody builds it. It's expensive. Um, I'm I'm gonna flip the question a little bit. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm I'm gonna give some random bullshit that could be a neutral item, and I need you to balance it for me by telling me what tier it is. Okay. An active item. That's like a little firework that shoots up with a fun little particle effect and goes that pops in the air. And when the firework pops in the air, uh, it it reveals and does two ticks of damage to both sentry and observer wards with a with a 500 AOE. So it's a, a D warding, you D warding nuke. Okay, it's, it's a D warding and, nuke. What is the range you could throw it at? Uh, every, every two minutes, uh, it, it, it activates around your hero in a 500 AOE with a, with a, with a one or two second delay. Hmm. 
I'm going to say this is one of those things that is super hard to place into a tier because it's too... I think it's probably like tier 2 or tier 3 or something, but it's too OP because it's a unique mechanic that the other team won't have. So I feel like it's too OP if you get it too early, but then all simultaneously it's dog shit later. Not necessarily dog shit, it's still going to be useful. It's going to be one of those items you keep in your backpack and then swap in um, at specific times. But I do generally like the concept, though, of a not a neutral item, but a regular item that allows you to be able to deward an area from a distance. Because the way Dota is currently played um, is that these these wards, Team Spirit really cemented this meta of playing around your high ground vision constantly. Mm -hmm. um, and now, so the, the meta is that people just play around their high ground vision, even if you know there's a ward there, doesn't really like you get into some sort of team fight like if you approach the ward you're just dead because they're ready to kill you the moment you get close to the ward so if you could kill that vision from a distance let's say like 500 600 range or something you could throw something um to be able to kill vision that you know is there uh i think that would actually be pretty sick it's like it's like a version of smoke you know like, um, it, it's like a smoke grenade, you know? Like, if you could throw something down to be able to block out that vision, so that way your aggressive move into this area is actually covered in some way, I think that'd be that'd be pretty sick. I think you're onto something, Joey. Not a neutral item, but I think a regular item, that'd be really cool. Is that a consumable? Yeah, I think it'd have to be a consumable like um, like smoke itself. I think it's one of those things that goes in conjunction with smoke sort of deal, um, which just means more items supports have to carry. <laughs> which so maybe maybe that's a little weird because I feel like they already have to do a lot in that regard. But it would make supports life significantly easier because so much of your job is like dewarding right now and not dying dewarding. It's, it's like it's the easiest kills in the world right now. If you play pubs, just plant a high ground ward and just sit there and wait. Somebody's gonna come in. Somebody's gonna try and D ward. Kill that guy. Kill that guy when he tries to D ward. Oh, now it's four versus five, and you've got this nice aggressive ward. You know. Now you can actually make offensive moves. Well, when when something like this comes to the game eventually, I'm gonna point this episode and then talk about how I struggle listens to side pull, and then that'll be that'll be the whole conceit of, of the episode and all the marketing yeah. for the show. Oh um, yeah. You you wanna hit one more before we go home? Yeah, sure. Um What's the best restaurant you've ever been to and what did you get and what made it stand out from Austin Alborn? An alliterative name. Damn. <sighs> big fan of a litter of names my um, name's also austin but my last name is not alborn it's walsh <laughs> um do, do you have like a singular restaurant or dining experience that like stands out as truly like a number one for you because generally i i don't i think that this is the way that my brain thinks about 
similar experiences like this is that I have like a like a pantheon of things that are in like a like a like an upper echelon or an S tier, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's anything that is like like a singular top of the mountain. I think about that like about games and about food and about movies and TV and like most most things that I like. It's really hard for me to pinpoint a single. This is the best. Uh, so, so like a question like this is like really is is really hard for me. Um, there was definitely a restaurant when we did our vacation in London. That was probably um. I think it was Dinner by Heston Blumenthal, I believe was the restaurant's name. Uh, it's in London. It's like a one or two star Michelin restaurant. Um, and they uh, did very good food. Uh, the food the food was very, very, very good. Um, it was amazing. But they, the thing that really um, flipped it to being from like top five to number one was the, the one specific dish um, and it was the dessert, and they do a pineapple, uh, an upside down pineapple like turnover cake thing. Mm-hmm. And they, when you walk in, you can actually see into the kitchen, and there are these spits, like you would have for like kebabs. Uh-huh. And but in those spits, it's pineapples, and the the pineapples are just roasting the entire time and that's how they they make these cakes is that they roast they slow roast the these pineapples for hours um and then that make that then that goes into the cake and it was amazing it was absolutely amazing like i'm not the i'm I'm, i like pineapple but i don't love it like i don't eat it by itself for example Mm -hmm. but it was one of the best it was probably the best dessert i've ever had and probably one of the best um meals that i've ever had so that is my answer easy i i don't think i can truly give one which is such a cop-out if if austin wants any any tips on food in los angeles i will give you three options for almost every type of cuisine but if you want to know like what my favorite of something is, like that's really hard, you know. I've I, I've okay. had I've had some really good Georgian. Barbecue. Give oh. me give me three Georgian restaurants. Everybody, uh, that's patreoncom sidepole. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Uh, everybody, uh, b- 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 love love Georgia. Liar. <laughs>